It's K-Drama Coffee Break with the K-3. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, can we just, I mean, he is the second male lead. He is not even the first male lead. And even the first male lead was like, you are shaming me, my man. You need to cover that up because I cannot compete with that. everyone we are back with our second installment of our while you were sleeping rewatch we're going to cover episodes five through eight in this one that gets us to the halfway turn i as you if you've listened to our first one this is my first watch so this is not a rewatch for me so you get to kind of experience this show brand new with me whether that's good or bad is a whole nother story. And then we have Michaela from the K-pop cast, who is uh, a rewatch, and Caitlin from No Sleep for Dramas, also on a rewatch. Let's say hi to them real quick, and then we will dive right in. Michaela, where can we find you real quick? Yes, so I'm Michaela from the K-pop cast, your K-pop podcast, bringing you the best sounds and ideas in K-pop. And again, I'm just going to say this is this is a great nostalgic watch for me. I'm ready to get back into this show. And Caitlin? You can find me at No Sleep for Dramas and TikTok, Instagram, sometimes Twitter. I also have a blog under the same name. And yeah, I keep forgetting so many cameos that show up in the show. <laughs> Until they pop up and then I'm like, oh, right. Yeah. Right. Hello. Before we dive in, let's just take a quick look at what we're watching. Okay, so you guys probably all know this. If you're watching this on the video, you'll be able to see this. If you're not, you're going to have to listen to the podcast you're just gonna listen to us walk through it so we have while you were sleeping it's a 2017 drama it stars boom, 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 boom. we have bay Susie. we have e jong suk we have jung Hyun, and e sung yo which are our big three mains right um so right now as we get to this ep- these episodes we are learning more about our our trio and we are diving more into the romance of our two leads Bay, uh, Susie and Lee Jung Suk. So those are kind of the big tent poles of us diving into these next episodes. So it's a rewatch for both Michaela and Caitlin. So I'm going to ask you guys this time. You Kate, Michaela, you just said that this was a great nostalgic trip down memory lane for you. What about these four episodes was so so enjoyable for you? Jen. <laughs> these are the four episodes where I I am taken back to the time I fell in love with actor Kang Ki Young, who plays the oh, serial killer in these four episodes. Yes. True, true. I will give you that 110%. And I go back to like what what was it about me at that time where like once an actor plays a villain or any kind of like serial killer role, I then automatically become attached to them and like want to watch everything they've been in. So then and so I was like, I, I got all of those feelings again, watching Kang Kiyong play this role, who, again, at this time is a very uh, kind of you've seen him in other things, character actor. But today we know him for much more like leading roles, though. he right. I don't think he's actually led a drama before, but I feel like he should at this point with everything that he's accomplished. He wasn't a lead, like a romantic lead. But did you guys watch um, Uncanny Counter 2? Yes, yeah, nice. he was the main the main bad guy in that one. He was magnificent mm-hmm. in his evil in that. That yeah. is, I mean, I've always really enjoyed him. I think he's a brilliant comedic actor. I have always loved him in those roles, but him playing like an evil demon for twelve episodes was probably my favorite thing about that season too. 
for sure. So seeing him here is like, this was his origin, his, his villain origin story. I was very Yeah, excited. it was like the beginning of him starting to play these more dramatic, more serious characters versus the, the comedic relief that he was mostly known for. I love mm-hmm. comedic relief. Right. This was mm-hmm. magical, except he did kill 100 cats. So I really did hate him by the time it was over. Yeah, no, no, trash character, great performance. Exactly. Perfect. Trash character, mm-hmm. great performance. 110%. Okay, so that's this is what reminded you of it. These four, at least the first two episodes, because I think five and six were his case, and then seven and eight were, uh, we kind of moved into a different case at that. Yeah. The Roomba of Death, except the mm-hmm. Roomba didn't really do it, but it made me giggle. Uh, and what about you, Caitlin? Um, yeah, same thing. Like, I completely forgotten, like, the crimes and everything that happened. So then when they showed up again and he showed up again, I was like, oh, yeah, I remember that part. Um, but yeah, it was very fun seeing him play a villain because I thought he always did a very good job playing a villain. He's so good so. at it. Like, oh my God, he was so good in his in uh, Uncanny Counter too. Oh my goodness. So if I can add on to that, with his this character specifically, because uh, at, at this point, it reminded me of his character in Weightlifting Fairy. Mm, yeah, you know what? I thought that's where we were headed. And then no, no. Yeah, which which again, that character is like the older brother character. He's really cool. He's also like runs a chicken shop, but in this case, it's like the the alternate universe evil version of that character, which is so cool. I was like, oh, he's fitting the cats, and then I was like, oh, <laughs> oh you're the worst. You are trash. Right. This was a lovely nostalgic t- trip down memory lane for Michaela with Kang Ki Young because he's amazing and we love him. Were there any other things that really just called out to you that was like, you're like, this is a great rewatch, you guys. What was it in these four episodes? We had the Kang Ki Young episodes. We had, um, uh, what else did we have? Then we had our two guys that we had our, our roommate, our Jung Hae In Batman character who his roommate shows up after being accused of killing someone. Um, what did you guys think of that case? So even though you call it the Roomba of Death, I actually like I remember watching that for the first time. And like I was very confused by the by like the markings the Roomba had made. And I'm like, what the hell could that be? Because obviously it was not man-made. But if it was, that is not like a ritualistic symbol that they obviously thought or whatever. Um, so the first watch, I was like, oh, it was a Roomba. That's brilliant. And then obviously, like, it, like, fell out the window or whatever. But, like, to have a Roomba do that symbol and, like, throw people off was, in my opinion, during the first watch, was actually a nice twist. But, because you wouldn't... At the time, I think in 2017, like, I had never even, like, heard of a Roomba, I don't think. Like, like it was, like, it <laughs> was, like, was very so foreign to me. It was very foreign to me. It was such a new piece of PPL, you had no idea. <laughs> exactly. So it was, like, oh, that's what it is. Um, but now, because, obviously, I own one now, and, like, they're everywhere, I kind of laughed at that, because I was, like, okay, yeah. Um, the other thing I enjoyed about these episodes was the little bits of information we get about like the ending case, which I won't reveal oh. anymore. But like the fact like the fact that I can pick up on some of those clues now, now. I'm like, oh, yeah. oh, I didn't realize this was in episode five. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, so right. that's that's been kind of fun. Cause like obviously due to a rewatch, I know what's gonna happen and whatever. Um but again, because I like have not watched this since 2017, like 
I know the overall case that is going to end up at the episode 15, 16, 16, but like, because I pay attention. Um, it is her dead in the field in the blue jacket with the green umbrella that is being carried by turd lawyer E. Sung Yup, right? <laughs> yes. Okay. But I wouldn't say look the at green Michaela umbrella. being like, you guys can't see it unless you're on YouTube. Michaela's looking like, well, uh, yeah. I mean, like, yeah. it, it, I would say yes, it's that case, but it's funny how that case reveals itself in the end of the episodes. Because, okay. yeah, I'm just, that's all I'm going to say. So it's been kind of neat, like, realizing how far back they started revealing some things about, gotcha. uh, okay. which I had uh, forgotten yeah. before. Because that's, that's what we really get into, especially in this these these next four episodes, is getting back into their their shared childhood trauma and, and things coming more full circle. Even even some of our, our little side characters and parts of the episodes coming back and having bigger roles by the end of it. Like our little oh, yeah. our little barista lady who is like the go-between between them trying to like meet up with each other. She ends up being the sister of our serial killer. Yeah. And then we get to start to see more of like the uh, the prosecution office people, like all these, you know, smaller bit roles that were introduced to us in the first few four episodes we're really starting to see more of and see as become major characters now in the show right and their influence on the main story as a whole what i did realize and made me very very happy was that our prosecutor shin where is she go sung hee who is the prosecutor shin she was in gauss electronics and i loved her in that I, I, that is just such a fun little drama that is funny and romantic and it, it was a delight and I'm so glad I watched that. And she has kind of the same kind of edge and I'm like, why do I love her so much? And then it dawned on me in I think episode six, I was like, ah, it's her. And I was very happy. I was very excited. I'm hoping her and the other prosecutor get together since he wants to be set up on a blind date and he's looking for love and she needs, she needs some comfort. And he made sure she had quiet time. That was lovely. I think there are very lovely moments in this drama. I don't dislike. I don't dislike the moments in this drama. But I think my biggest quibble of this Uh-oh, drama is that I don't buy this romance at all. Full oh, stop. Really? Okay, and I, I get, this having... is the reason why I had second lead Syndra in this drama because I also do not buy this romance, even on the rewatch. <laughs> I just it just like. I get that she dreams about him and so then she thinks they're fated, but I there's nothing about these two, whether it's the actors themselves or the way it's written, that I believe that this romance, this for me, and I'm getting that a lot of people really loved it. But for me, it's just not gelling. I think he has better chemistry with Jung Hae-in as a bromance. <laughs> yep. And I want that to happen. Like, I'm like, this is... The show I want to watch is these three fighting crime through their multiple dreams because each one gets a different perspective. Like, that's the drama. Every time it, it goes to that, I'm like, this is the drama I want to watch. And then it goes back to like, and I know, Caitlin, you mentioned last week that you love the OST, but the OST is relentlessly beating me over the head with how much these two love each other. And I'm just like, could you show it instead of singing it? Like, what is happening right now? Like, I just, 
I just, I feel like they're, it, and again, I think this goes back to, I think this is a lot of why earlier dramas don't really work for me. Cause I feel like this mm-hmm. was a, this was a style of writing that they did a lot where it was like, we're just supposed to assume you're the male lead and you're the female lead. And therefore you are in love in episode one. And you're just like, but nothing's happened. They just met. I don't get it. And so that is probably my biggest, that's, a, that's the biggest challenge for me getting through most of these episodes. I, I, I'm really sorry, Michaela, but I fast forward through 90% of their romantic moments. Here we here we go again, Jen, just like know, where we I, are literally the opposite ends of the spectrum of watching know. these episodes. Because going back to what you mentioned again, Caitlin, about like, again, loving the OST. I'll be honest, when I first watched the first few episodes, I wasn't like, I wasn't really here for it. But then again, when it when it, I clicked into the romance, because again, I'm watching this knowing that Jung Hae-in doesn't have a chance. I I was really just clip locked in. So like anytime like their OST theme came on and they start looking at each other and it's like that that choppy slow motion where they force the slow motion because it's not shot the right frame rate. Like I was I was here for every moment. I was like, oh, listen, and obviously, obviously. Many people felt the same way you did, Michaela. Like every time a yeah. best of list comes up, this show is on it. And I am like, I wouldn't even put this in my top 50 mm-hmm. like you know i mean it's decent it's solid it's i mean i guess it's a i mean for me it's a solid drama but it's i i ugh, i would yeah. probably still drop it and then on the on the, the topic of the the bromance though you do see in this these next few episodes jung in like in their little little squad start to push them together uh-huh. And there are moments where you see Lee Jong Suk, like you know, like pulling Susie towards him, uh, and he, I don't know, he, he kind of has like these sort of negative reactions, like he's almost feeling like he's missing out on something with Susie. But then again, that could be something that's underneath everything, based off of like what we know about his character. Okay, yeah. What I love about this and what what Michaela has mentioned too is like there's no love triangle in this drama. Right, I do appreciate and, like, that. And you really like, as you mentioned, in the next four episodes, there's like literally a scene where Jung Hae-in is like, nope, I'm stepping back. Like, I'm I'm not involved. Like, I, I don't there is somebody I like, but I'm not going to say it here because she's sitting next to me. But mm-hmm. I'm, they, they are together. So I'm not, I'm pushing away. So I do appreciate that part of this drama is like there's no love triangle and they're never. Right. And he kind of just steps back and whatever. He just hugs her American style. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> that, was my, that was my favorite moment. I was like hugging American style. I feel like that needs to be like a variety show. <laughs> And now for some quick K3 K-Drama Coffee Break business. That's right. We love sharing our K-Drama thoughts with you, our community of K-Drama lovers. And we have a few ways that you can support us. You can buy us a coffee at ko-fi.com slash the K3. And by becoming a member, you will get a calendar with weekly updates and also Jen's blog filled with her K-Drama thoughts. You can also find us on YouTube. If you go into our archive, we have years of K-Dramas to recommend for you. And talk to us there as well on our community tab. We also have a discount for a VPN service. So if you are dying to get your K-Dramas that are airing only on Disney Plus in Asia, you can use our VPN. It keeps your devices safe. Just look for the code in the description below. But yeah, I mean, I, I'm with Jen on this one. I am not a fan of the romance in this drama. Like, I ha- I didn't um, I didn't like it on the first watch, and I 
still don't like it now. Like I had serious SLS with this drama. And the only drama that gave me SLS at this point was this drama. I mean, I'm not even sure I have full-blown second lead syndrome, which is SLS in case anybody is listening and doesn't know what that acronym means. But I'm not really sure I want the Jung Hae-in character to be with Susie either. But I'm mm. also like, when mm-hmm. Jung Hae-in is on screen, I am riveted. Like, he's yeah. such a good actor. Like, the moment that he takes the phone call and she's like, oh my God, he's coming to your apartment, blah, blah. He's like, no, 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 I'm a cop, it's all good. And he hangs up and he's like, why are you here? I was like, oh my God, that's why Jung Hae-in is Jung Hae-in. Like, he's just so good. Like, yeah. he just took that moment and just, like, as an actor, like, he just mm-hmm. knows his roles and he knows what those beats are. And I just, I really, he's just so good. And I mean, especially coming off of DP, I mean, he, and I'm still angry he didn't win the Bexang for that one. I can't believe everybody in his cast and his director, and I think his writer won, won a Bexang and he did not. <laughs> like, what? Can you notice? I, I rage. I think every time that I think my favorite actors get got got their backsang stolen. Wait, you were saying with the chemistry between Jung Hae-in and Lee Jung Suk. I, I I also now that you pointed out, I'm not really sure. I also want romance with Jung Hae-in either. But I like the fact that he has chemistry with Susie and chemistry with Lee Jung Suk. I just liked him better with Susie anyway. Like I just liked his chemistry with Susie more. Mm-hmm. Which, in my mind, at least in 2017, was like, okay, this I like this romance romance more. Is it more of like they just have better chemistry, in my opinion? Maybe. Um, but I do agree. I think he has chemistry with both of them more than they do that each other, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I love, though, that the mom is, like, keeping score. Like, she's got, like, prosecutor seven, cop one, <laughs> just because he saved her life. Right. <laughs> It's, it's she is adorable like i think that i love all the side characters yeah like listen i if you guys are paying any attention to me on twitter or, and the newsletter i'm obsessed with moon in the day right now mm-hmm. and uh pyoye jin showed up and i'm like oh my god i want to rewatch that she looks so young she looks so young right? i forgot she was in this and honestly i had to do a double take when she showed up i'm like wait is that pyoye jin Oh yeah, yeah, it is. <laughs> Playing our, our a young Ricky Cop lady, right? Yeah. Right. Who clearly has a thing for Jung oh, Hae. Yeah, of course. Clearly. Yes. Okay, can we speaking of uh, Jung Hae, can we just talk for a hot second? I think Michaela you'll appreciate this hot second the most. When he took his shirt off in mm-hmm. the hospital. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, yeah. What like, can we just, I mean, he is the second male lead. He is not even the first male lead. And even the first male lead was like, you are shaming me, my man. You need to cover that shit up because I cannot compete with that. And I thought that was hilarious. And I was like, oh, whoa, oh, hello. Yeah, no, to that point, I actually I have to correct something from the permanent record because I did. I think I mentioned in the first episode that I had watched this back in 2017. I realized watching rewatching that scene that I did it. I, I actually watched it in 2018 because I saw the clip of this scene and I was like, oh, I think I'm going to enjoy the plot of this show. Like, I think the plot of the show looks really good. This isn't a this is a I love this plot. This yeah, it's magical. Mm-hmm. And this is and this is like young Jung Hae In too. So yeah. he's just like yeah. super like lean and like mm-hmm. tiny, like the itty bitty waist. It was crazy. Yeah. I just wasn't. Pre- I just was not prepared for the like. It was an eight pack that came yeah. Yeah. out when he. T- I was Pretty like, much. we're all Susie wow. in that scene, really. Every yep. single one of them. <laughs> 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 like yes, this is the most connected I felt to Susie in the whole show. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. All right. So what else did we really like about this, you guys? So I'm really, I will say that I am enjoying the fact that we finally have some sort of backstory for Utok, which is the Jung Hae-yeon character. Um, I'm excited to see what this plays out because he's connected to them, right? So I feel like we're starting to maybe slowly, there are secrets and his buddy who didn't kill them, didn't kill the girl, said, I would reveal all your secrets. And Jung Hae-yeon seemed to have had a resignation letter in his back pocket ready to go at any moment. And so... Uh, you know, so clearly he knows that there's there's some comeuppance that's about to happen. And I'm curious. I mean, listen, I can't ask what your theories are because you know the answers. But if you remember what your theories were when you watched it on the first time, what what were some of your thoughts at this point? What you thought Jung Han's deep secrets were? All I remember thinking is, God, I hope he's not a bad guy. Oh, <laughs> that's, yeah. That's all I remember thinking, because I love the trio of them together. So I was like. God, I hope he's not a bad guy and like betrays all of them. And right? it's just like, yeah. granted, I would love to see that character and him act it out now. But like at the time, I was very much into their Scooby-Doo gang. So <laughs> I like needed him to be a good guy. <laughs> I was the same, Caitlin. I, I do remember finding it so sus that he was like, lying to her because yeah. he has that thing where he was like oh I'm a, I'm a beloved son like my, my parents love me whatever and then they go into his apartment and his fridge is empty and i'm like no korean mother who loves you is gonna right. let you have an empty fridge so my theory is because i can say what my theory is because i do not know the ending um my guess because of all of uh, how K dramas work especially in 2017 i'm gonna guess that he is the youngest brother of the cop who's older, who is the older brother of the guy who basically killed both parents. Okay. Okay. That's my, my theory is that he's somehow connected with that. Okay. And he's probably, I, I also thought maybe he was the one who was sending money unbeknownst to himself that he's sending it to E. Jung-suk's character. Mm -hmm. He was just sending it to a name or a place. I really enjoyed, I, like I said, I enjoy the, these as, as Caitlin called them, the Scooby gang, especially since each of them dreams about different things. I thought it was interesting when Jung Han's character was like, so Susie just dreams. She has these visions. You dream about her, and then I dream about you. And so I thought it was really interesting that he's like, where did this all come from? Because clearly, Jung Han's character has died like twice now, at least in the eight episodes we've watched. The right? So there's so many multiple universes where he's already dead. So there's that. And then Su Susie seems to be the point person for all of this because she's been having these dreams since she was young. And mm -hmm. then it seems like Jung, uh, Lee Jung-suk's character didn't start having them until randomly, but I'm guessing it's probably going to be longer we're going to find out. Maybe, possibly, who knows? But it seems like he just randomly had this dream about her and then saved her. Mm -hmm. um, so I feel like there's more something happening there. And then he said, because he saved... He said, oh, maybe it was, that's what it is. Because she saved him drowning, right? And so that's the connection there. Because I think Jung Hyun's character even asked him, he's like, so did did a young, did you ever get saved by a girl? He's like, no, I got saved by a little boy back in the day. Oh, right. right. And he's like, right. are you sure? And he's like, yeah, yeah, I'm sure. Little chestnut, little nugget. And I'm like, come on, come on, you can't be that stupid. Like, come on, everybody knows this is a girl. I love how they're like, it's a, it's his son. And everyone's like, no, it's his daughter. And nobody's, nobody's paying attention. This poor thing. Mm -hmm. And then Susie's like, this one time I got hit by this little boy. And he's like, what little boy hits a girl? Anyway, so so she saved him. So that's why he dreams about her. And now Jung Hae-in dreams about Lee Jung-suk because he saved him. So I'm curious. I'm fascinated by that. 
My other wild theory is that Lee Sung Yup somehow in all of this also has dreams. Oh, okay. That's a good theory. Okay. And he uses them for evil. <laughs> right, because he's still he's still very evil. I like I almost thought I even though I know how this show goes, I almost thought he was gonna have like a like a redemption in the in the rewatch because you see him, especially when he's talking to Susie, like, you know, I'm on I'm on uh Ijon Suk's side on this one. I'm trying to help you guys. And like his reaction to to dealing with an actual murderer and how he felt disgusted that he was helping him. Like it almost feels like they're gonna maybe give him a redemption, but no, he just like the second he gets an inch, he just goes back to being our bad guy. He's just I can't I mean I use this all the time. He's just such a turd. Like you're And like, he gets worse too. No, it's he gets not worse. Like, he gets worse too. God. <laughs> He's so awful. Oh, he played a villain so good though. That's like mm-hmm. like this is one of my favorite roles of his, just because he's so bad. It's so good. He's so good at being bad. He's got there's a certain flavor to his voice that just makes she's just like, I'm evil. You're like, yes, yes, you are. <laughs> All right. So let's see. So we got through episode five. We're at the halfway point. And our halfway point is that Susie's greatest dream where she is getting the ring, the promise ring from Lee Jong-suk turns into her greatest nightmare where he is stabbed and dying, I'm guessing. So how do you guys, how do you guys feel about that? We can't have nice things in this show. That again, it reminded me of of the trauma of watching it the first time. Because again, if you're locked into this couple, especially like if you've made it past episode one, you've gone through so many uh, deaths and almost deaths, and like every character has died at this point. And then you get to this this, but to the ending where they, you know they're starting to get this groove in their relationship, and they're like starting to get closer with each other. And then we get this other vision that just like throws everything out of, out the, the window with it, like. Uh, can't have nice things. This the yeah. show. If, if if anything, the show is going to traumatize you. Great, great. Well, then you add on the other dream of Susie in the blue coat. It's like okay, you have him on one end, and then you have her on the other end. Right. Right. So they're both going to die, and we're going to be done with episode. The show's going to be over episode nine. We all know that's not the case. So I will say, as I said last week, and what you guys have assured me of, I do appreciate the speed in which we burn through cases. Yeah. That mm-hmm. is something that I'm really happy with. Because if we would have sat on, as much as I love Kang Ki Young, if we would have sat on that case for like four or six episodes, I'd be like, can we just, let's just let's go. We need to go. We need movement, people. Mm-hmm. So I am glad that we did move from Cat Killer to a Roomba case very quickly. So that was good. Mm-hmm. I do enjoy that. I'm trying, Michaela. I really am. I just, Lee Jung Suk, I'm sure, is a delightful human in real life. I just, he just doesn't do a lot for me as an actor. This is a show that I like the villains a lot. Yeah. In all the cases. And then obviously our main villain, too. Well, one of our main villains. I wouldn't, is he a main villain? Would just, yeah, I would say he's I a mean, main I think villain. so. He's a main, he's a main I character. I mean, he's like a main so. character. So, yeah, I guess he's a main villain. Yeah. So my thing that I'm curious about, has he always been a main villain? Like, did he start the show as a villain or did he grow into villainy as we went through the show? Do you know what I'm oh, saying? Oh, he started it. He started, he started as a villain. You'll, you'll see. They explain is he connect? Is he connected to our evil, evil soldier? Oh, yeah. Oh. Um, I'm going to guess no. Thank you. you. I love the fact that you guys responded oh. that one. 
Either that or you guys are the greatest actors I've ever seen. And I love you both for it. <laughs> You're better than Lee Jung-suk. <laughs> Listen, he's grown on me, right? This is 2017. He was, he was, he was, he's kind of, he's young. He was young. He was cutting his teeth. Probably one of his first romantic. Well, maybe not, because I remember I tried to sit through another one of his romantic ones. Like it just uh, he'd been he'd been acting for a while since this is the the third in the trilogy of him being the male lead of of the show. So okay, Jen. Well, we'll we'll see we'll see where this goes. <laughs> it was Jung Hae In's mate first lead though. Before that, he was like really just supporting like Goblin, like Goblin, for example. When you watch it. And Caitlin already agrees with me on this, but he is just more star power or more magnetism on screen than Lee Jung Suk, right? I don't, I don't know. There was, there's, there's this, there are moments for me with Lee Jung Suk where like, he, his character, he gets really serious, and then he like his his upper lip disappears, and he, where you know he's like really <laughs> intense. Michaela's analyzed this. She's like, it is, it quivers for like 0. 0.2 seconds, and then it disappears, and then he gets a slight smile. While this one left eyebrow twitches, it's perfect. It's magical. I like Lee Jun Suk when he's in the more serious roles. And as Jen said last episode, when he's a villain. So mm-hmm. the fact that, like, I think I like Jung Hae In in this role more because Lee Jun Suk and Susie for also, like, have a lot more comedic lines and comedic moments than mm-hmm. Jung Hae In ever did in this drama. Um, so I think that's another reason why I like Jung Hae more because like the comedy in this drama doesn't work for me. It didn't yeah. work in my first watch. It doesn't work in my second watch. I do not like, like the one comedy. Of, one of the points why they work for each other is they're both gross. Yes. <laughs> like yes. the whole thing is like they they both like <laughs> barely the wash their that hair goes through the entire drama too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, they are not the greatest comedic actors. She's gotten better because I didn't. I did enjoy her in Startup. Isn't it the same same writer Startup in this one? Yes, yes, same writer. Maybe the character just fit her better in Startup because I I was all in. I was all in on Susie in Startup, but I can mm-hmm. understand why some people are not the hugest Susie fans watching this one. Yeah, I mean, don't yell, don't at me about how angry you are. I like her a lot. I really enjoyed her in Startup. I do agree with you then, Jen, though. This character for me is not my favorite. I even mentioned that in the first episode. Although it was great to like see her, her, you know, do what she's good at in this, at her job. Like, and even before when she was still like unemployed, like how she puts together each little individual chicken bone from the order that she got to prove that <laughs> she, the guy didn't give her a whole chicken. I was like, you, you have all this talent. Like, and you're, what are you doing? <laughs> did we, question, did we know in episodes one through four that she was a reporter? I felt like that was new information for me or, or I just wasn't paying attention and I apologize. I don't think it was, I don't think it was revealed in one through four. Okay. Thank you. Cause I was very confused. She's like, I don't know if I should go back to work. And I'm like, did you have a well, job? Like, if you look at the, like the things in her room, mm-hmm. you can kind of like maybe piece together that that's what she did, but it's never explicitly said like, oh, she was a reporter who had a crime beat or whatever. Okay. Okay. So I did not miss. I felt I was like, wow, Jen, you're really not paying attention. Like that seems like <laughs> a big piece of data. 
Mm-hmm. So I feel but then that now, I, now you know that's like one of the reasons why this trio works so well together. Like she's yeah. a crime reporter, Ooh. he's a cop, he's a prosecutor. <gasps> like I didn't think about that. That's so brilliant. Yes. See, mm-hmm. I need them to just solve cases, and this would be like the greatest <laughs> drama ever. I would so enjoy it if the three of them just solve cases and slowly uh Susie and E. Jung Sook's character fall in love. And by episode 15, that's when we finally get some sort of like, oh, I like you. Like, I don't, I just don't understand why he likes her in episode five. I just don't, I don't understand. Yeah. That's my, I mean. Yeah. The romance moved way too fast. Yeah, just like, what? I don't understand. Oh, I will say, comedically, they did a really nice job with the uh, being thwarted, their kiss being thwarted by a seatbelt. I thought that was hilarious. (laughs) And it's it's junking in his car, too. That's the best thing. It's like he's he's cock-locking through his car. I didn't even think about that. That's amazing. Yes. And I loved it. So that was, I really enjoyed that beat. Can we talk briefly about how bad their investigations are? I mean, Caitlin, you're, you're, you're our crime beat person. Yeah. They are the worst, right? Well, even like that whole, the thing, the, the, I mean, granted he got yelled at for this, but like the fact you didn't do an autopsy. (gasps) What? Like, I'm just like, are you kidding me? You don't do an autopsy in an accident and then you cremate him and you can't do it now? I I, I also, I got very mad with the police investigation. Literally, I took notes. I'm like, this case is enraging. I'm like, so the brother in the car with the dead bro denies the autopsy, even when things seem seem sketchy, then gets a bazillion dollars in an insurance payout and is finally accused of killing the bro, but his lawyer then says, since there was no autopsy, you can't accuse my client of wrongdoing because there's no evidence i'm like this makes me very cranky well even the logic of i i remember in the first part i watched this like yes it got some it got him out but like the fact that he admitted to murdering him before the car accident in court I'm like, why couldn't you? Technically, you could arrest him right after that because he admitted to murder and before it was a car accident. So it's not double jeopardy. But yet he walked free to go attack his sister. Yeah, that. Yeah, I will totally give you that, Jen. Like the police investigations and this are not not the best. And they continue to. They continue to. I'll tell you that right now. My favorite was like, well, why didn't you do an autopsy? You should have done an autopsy. And the one prosecutor was like, but the family was there and they were bereft. Yeah. And I'm like, that's exactly the reason why you do an autopsy. (laughs) Because if that's the case, all a family member has to do is to cry and you won't do one. And there's murder galore, ladies and gentlemen, murder galore. It's like murdering. I'm like, oh my God, this is some of, like, I just. It hurt, it hurt my brain. I was just like, I can't with, I can't. With well, even the are. fact with the Roomba too, I like it drove me nuts. And it was like, it took you how many episodes to figure out that this was a Roomba? Well, and I think theoretically they never figured it out. No, they, they just didn't. showed it to <laughs> us. They showed the Roomba because they never found the Roomba in the house because it right. fell out of a window and some random soccer playing child picked it up and put it in a recycling bin. Do they not canvas the area to look for things as they are doing a very big murder investigation of a, an Olympic Olympic gold medalist? Like I feel like this would be a high profile case. If you if if you've seen uh, our our 
episode on our podcast about good evil and the law in K-dramas, we, we go extensively about how crime and the law in K-dramas are just it, usually the, the stupidest people in the room. <laughs> oh, my God. It defies logic. It defies yeah, and then, logic. And Jung Hae-in's character even has this whole whole bit when he's talking to his friend. He's like, oh, just trust trust the law. Everything's going to work out great. This, you know, the, the, the law will set you free or the truth will set you free, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, with these guys? Really, these guys? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. It's rough. It's rough. Like, I was yelling at my, at my screen a few times. I was mm-hmm. just like, mm-hmm. this is... I can't tell if it's... I, I think what's frustrating is, like, I can't tell if it's, it's an indictment against the Korean legal system for real, and that's what the writers are writing, mm-hmm. or if it's just lazy and bad writing. Like, they just know enough about legal stuff, and they just need to yeah, get their plot from A to B that they're just like, it'll be a room, and it'll fly, fall off the window. It'll be perfect. It's perfect. It no, works. It I works. think it's lazy because they they want the story to be more concentrated on the dreams and them three, and not necessarily yeah. the case. I think they're just putting in the cases to have something to happen in the mm-hmm. episodes until they can actually talk about the big case overall that's going to happen okay. in the last eight episodes. Is it, is it the last eight episodes? So no, no. It's like, and- well, technically it kind of, I mean, technically it started in episode five. You just don't know what exactly started, mm-hmm. but yeah. Yeah. This isn't taxi driver. It's not that deep. No, it's not. It's <laughs> not. It <laughs> Listen, really ta- isn't. Taxi driver didn't get that deep either. Let's just, let's, let's, <laughs> tax, taxi driver like reared off hardcore season two. Well, I, like, I mean, with, with taxi driver though, the, 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 the cases that they have are, are based off of actual like social issues and very specific things that actually happened in Korea. Whereas this is just kind of like, we need a case no, of the, the week. Echoes <laughs> of, of it. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I, for real, like one of my favorites is a secret forest or, um, uh, stranger. Uh, stranger. Like they, that is, that is some intricate writing of policing and prosecuting. And they do a really nice job with that. So I think it's just that them getting this plot. Oh, I, uh, <laughs> I was like, maybe I'm, maybe I'm missing something, but yeah. The one thing I had to laugh about, cause I completely forgot this happened. But when, uh, when they're on the roof, and they're running away from the brother, mm-hmm. and and Kim Won Hay comes in and like does a high kick. <laughs> I'm like, I forgot. I was hysterically laughing. I'd forgotten that happened, and I honestly don't even think that was Kim Won Hay. Obviously, I think that was a stunt double. Uh, yeah. All right, you guys. So okay, so there you go, everyone. That is episode. This is our rewatch. This is us rehashing episodes five through eight of While You Were Sleeping. Uh, I think you've got three different viewpoints on if you how you watched it. So I think I think we've covered them all. All right, guys. So until next time, we are going to we're going to cover the next four, which I am told you both, Caitlin and Michaela, are telling me that the big case has already started bubbling. So I'm going to now start looking for clues for what the big case is. Maybe it'll be revealed and my theories will come true. I'm very excited. So until next time, I am Jem from the K3. I'd like to thank Michaela and Caitlin. Again, tell us real quick where we can find you. I'm Michaela, the, the pedonym from the K-pop cast. Um, and you can find us at the K-pop cast on all socials and all the things. And if you want more Jung Hae-in K-drama talk, we also have an episode on our podcast called uh, Military Service in K-drama where we talk about DP. Oh, I love that one so much. That one kicked me in the gut and sat there for days. Caitlin? Yeah, I'm Caitlin. I have no sleep for number four dramas. You can find me on IG, uh, TikTok. Then my blog is named after that same name. 
uh, a little bit on Twitter. I'm I'm actually kind of veered off Twitter a little bit. Uh, anyway, that is my name. <laughs> Excellent. I love it. You guys, thank you so much for hanging out with me. I really appreciate it. Thank you for guiding me through this journey that is called While You Were Sleeping. You guys are the best. Um, and again, I'm Jen from the K3. Uh, if you haven't yet, go ahead and take a look at our newsletter. We give you a wrap up or a basic kind of quick roundup of casting and basic top news stories in the K-drama landscape twice a week. So until next time, you guys, uh, we'll see you then. Bye. Bye, Bye. everybody.